Welcome to Athens Politics Nerd. Continuing our series of interviews with the candidates running for local office, I interviewed Commissioner Tim Denson, who is running for school board in District 5. Denson is running for school board this time because he was gerrymandered out of his commission district by the Republicans in the state legislature. An election is coming up soon on May 24th, so let's get straight into it. Here is Tim Denson. Hi, Tim. Thanks for coming on the show. Great to be here, Chris. So normally I would start off by asking you why you're running for school board, but in this case, maybe we should start off by talking about maybe why you're not running for commission, because that was your plan A, correct? Definitely. Uh, yeah, running for school board was not what I thought I'd be doing when I thought about it last year. I was definitely planning on running for re-election for the commission. Unfortunately, the Republicans in the state legislature, who are part of our local delegation here in Athens, had different ideas. And in the redistricting process, drew me, of course, and also Commissioners uh, Link and Edwards out of our districts and creating a situation where we couldn't even run for re-election at all. Fortunately, I was actually drawn into the school board district for District 5. I lived very close to the line for that one and saw, I think, a great opportunity for me and also for our community for me to be able to serve in that capacity. And so trying to make uh, the best out of a difficult situation, yeah. But some people say our school system isn't really doing a great job at educating our kids here in Clark County, but others are more understanding of the very difficult job teachers face here with all the poverty and the other problems that kids are dealing with that maybe they don't face in other communities. So maybe our teachers are actually doing a good job, but under difficult circumstances. What's your take on that? How is our school system doing overall? I definitely think our teachers are doing a great job in the face of tough circumstances. My daughter's now in, in the Clark County School District, and I've been able to interact with her teachers and staff, and it, uh, they obviously uh, care immensely and I think go over and beyond what should be expected of them uh, in the face of a, a tough situation. I do think that our teachers and our staff are not getting the support they need from administration. And I think that's because of uh, a lot of decisions and the way that things have been set up for decades, honestly, that have kind of created a bit of a tough situation. You combine that with uh, the societal situations with having, uh, you know, uh, around 30% poverty rate for basically as far back as we can think. Um, and having all the other struggles that, that, that come along with that, with people not having stable housing, all these things create very big challenges for families and for the children. And of course, those challenges are carried into the schools and they go into the schools every day and hard for a teacher uh, or to, to address all of those problems. A, a teacher should not be expected to be able to uh, somehow uh, surmount over all of the, the social problems and hurdles that are presented to, to a family. They are definitely a part of the the network that our community should rely upon to address those problems, but they should not be expected to do it by themselves. They need to have the supports from uh, the administration, from the school board, from uh, the county government, from public safety. All of these things need to be working together to try to address that problem. And that's why I I look at that me going into this role, and there's some parts that that are going to be exceptionally new for me to go into. It's going to be a very different role in a lot of ways. But with those overall problems and issues that we're trying to address that these children and families are facing, I have been working on those issues for, for years. And I am familiar with some of those and familiar with some of the things that we can, tools that we can use to address those. 
So uh, with that, I see some overlap in what we can do. But the first thing I think we have to do is just make sure that the Clark County School District administration is supporting the families and teachers, but also the students. I've heard from some teachers who are really frustrated with the district leadership. They feel they have no power and that they aren't listened to by the administration, but that they're the first ones to take the blame when things go wrong. Have you heard those kind of complaints? And if so, do you agree with them? Should we be giving more power back to the teachers? I, I have heard a lot of these complaints. And I think that, like, that ties into like, th- that lack of support. I think that teachers feel like they're getting from administration. It's just, it's just not there. Yeah, we need to be trusting the teachers, first and foremost. The teachers are the people who are on the ground, in the classrooms with these kids, looking at these kids in the eyes, hearing these kids. They are the ones that best understand the situations there. So we need to make sure that we're giving the teachers the autonomy that they need to actually do their job well. I think the bigger thing is just is, is a larger culture, a, a very much, I think, an us versus them culture has been created within our school district. And that's never going to be hopeful or healthy. And I think that um, to do that, we're going to have to very, have very explicit and intentional change around that, where we're creating spaces and that school board members and administration are going out of their way to let the teachers know that they're trusted, that we, we, we love what they're doing, and we want to hear from them. We want to get that input back from them. This should be a, a two-way communication channel going back and forth. And that's definitely not happening. I mean, I've gone to school board meetings, you know, and you have teachers giving public comment there, talking about the issues that are happening. But then you move forward in the meeting, and you don't hear really those, those things being adequately heard and repeated back, at least not in any kind of policy measures. And that is a major red flag. I, I've, I've been on the commission now for you know, three and a half years. I, I can think of maybe one time we've ever had an ACC employee come before a meeting at the podium and say, these problems are happening. If that was to happen, I'm going to immediately put down what we're doing and address this. I mean, these are our workers. These are the people, the, the lifeblood of, of what we do. And the same thing with the teachers. We need to put those things aside and be like, what is happening here? This is, this is a major problem. These needs, needs to become priority number one. And the fact that that's not happening is very problematic. So um, I definitely plan on uh, pushing and advocating for those teachers to be heard and uh, brought into the policymaking discussion. Issues of discipline and restorative justice have been in the news again with the firing of Principal Pendley from Clark Middle School last year. And for the audience, uh, restorative justice is a softer form of discipline that involves discussing the problem with the child, sometimes having them talk directly to the the person that that they've harmed, where the two can figure out a course of action that'll make things right again, if that's possible. So I wanted to ask if you were a supporter of restorative justice, or do you think that we need a more punitive approach? For example, should we give teachers a freer hand to actually punish disruptive students, or possibly can we do both? I I, I am a supporter of restorative justice, and uh, I appreciate the steps that have already been taken in in CCSD with with regard to restorative justice, that they have some some really kind of forward-thinking programs that are already happening here in place. And I would definitely like to see that expanded and and used more throughout the entire school district and not just at select schools. And I understand there's challenges to doing that, but I think that's something that we should be uh, putting into motion so that it can actually happen. I am definitely also aware that that restorative justice is not going to solve all these situations. We also can't expect a teacher to have to, again, uh, we go back to the question before, 
be able to somehow solve all of these different issues that are possibly happening with a student's life in the classroom by themselves while they're also having to teach and, and oversee, you know, a couple dozen other kids. I mean, that, that how I have one child and, and, and that's, I mean, if I was having to like somehow deal with that plus all these other, and that's, it's impossible. So again, we need to have those supports in place. We need, and I think, again, the best way to be doing this, right, is to actually listen to the teachers who are in the situations happening there and have them part of the discussion about what needs to be fixed, what kind of options they do need to have, what kind of supports they need to have from the front office in their school, and then listen to the front office too. Like, so we need to come up with, a, 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 I think, more options and that, that don't rely on punitive. I, I think that, that the punitive measures rarely are anything that's going to help us really solve the ongoing problem. They could help right there in the moment, and obviously that happens sometimes, and that's, that just has to be an option. But I really hope that we could be stopping. If we can deal with that, then we can move on to this next level of what is causing these problems. And to get with that, we need to be focusing more on, on social work and, those, and the schools. We're, again, we're moving towards that. But why is that not more robust? It, to me, it's one of the biggest needs we have, need to have here is, is have experienced social workers who experience working with, with young, young, young children and, and, and teens in these schools who are not only working with the students whenever something terrible happens, but working with the students every single day and working with the families every single day to really be able to pinpoint, all right, we have some problems going on here with student A. I'm going to put some time aside uh, before these things really exasperate and get to a really bad problem. We want to try to head that off and have to start meeting some, some of the, the parents, try to find out what we can do to help, not what can, what can we do to try to punish and make the parents feel a bit worse, but try to see what problems might be happening on and how we can assist that. I think one of the biggest things that I'm excited about doing is when it comes to truancy. A big thing that we need to do is just make sure these kids are actually getting to school in the first place. If you want to talk about having to make sure a child is actually going to succeed, well, they have to be in the classroom. I would love to us to have a, a social worker way of going about that, where we, we identify, all right, we have these students and they're not showing up like, like they should, and we see that it's getting worse. We don't want these kids to fall off the map where they're not coming to school anymore. We're going to try to do everything we can in a compassionate way to reach out to these families to see what we can do to help. Is it transportation issues? Is it childcare issues? Are there problems going on in the home that are possibly dealing with physical or mental health issues? What, what's going on here and how can we help? Rather than sending a letter after it's gotten really bad to the parents, threatening punitive measures of possible arrest or jail time. How is that ever going to build the community that we need to have to foster these children? So I think there's just many, many opportunities that we, that we could be exploring. It all comes down to us having a more compassionate and community-focused approach at, rather than a punitive approach. You mentioned that, that you had a daughter going through the school mm -hmm. system. Sure do. Yep. So how's her experience been so far with the school system? She absolutely loves it. She's excited to go to school every day, which I was kind of shocked with because that's not how I grew up. I was not necessarily excited to go to school every day. I'm blessed that I get to walk uh, because of our, how close we are to the school. I get to walk her to school every morning. And when I'm walking there, I get to see one of her teachers every morning as I'm approaching there. I get to see the people who work in the front office approaching there, get to have conversations with them, get to smile and tell them good morning as we're walking in, hear little bits about maybe something that we need to do as parents to help, help my child. And I see that kind of supportive net being cast all, all over Whitehead Road Elementary School. And I hear the same thing from other parents uh, constantly also. Uh, are things perfect? No, of course not. But I see uh, teachers and staff who are committed and love helping these kids and their families and take it very, very seriously. 
And honestly, when I, when I see that, I just want to make sure that as, as employees that they're valued better. And that's another one of the big things I'm excited about is trying to make sure that we are making uh, competitive wages and benefits for all of these teachers and staff, not just the head teacher, but also the para pros, also the front office staff, the, the people who are driving the school buses, who people who are feeding my child. Those people are doing integral work and they should be valued and compensated and, and to show that value. Do you have any other plans for how you would act to increase the quality of education in our school system? Again, I'll go back. One of them I'll go back to is, is increase the wages of the people who provide that education. I, I think if we, if we show the example of how maybe the, the more the administrative side of the school district is being too heavily prioritized over the school personnel side is one of the ways you can just look at that, that we've created so many new positions, many of them pretty decently paying positions, yet we still have parapros who teach our kids every day and the people who drive our school buses to get those kids to home and get to school and to feed them. That those, we have these people making well below a living wage. It's below a living wage. These people can't live quality lives, yet we expect them to provide quality care to our kids. Yet at the same time, we're sitting on millions of dollars of federal aid that I'm very well versed in the limitations of what we can do with that money. And I'm very aware of how we can be using that money to pay personnel and give bonuses. But I don't want to just do bonuses. I want to be paying them a better salary day in, day out. So we have the funds. We have the revenue. Why aren't we having that money go directly to the people who are hands-on working with our students and our children? Yeah, I think, I think that's one easy way that, that we'll just be able to increase the quality of education. Another one, again, is just to make sure that we're actually having these students are making it through the doors of our schools. That should be, we talk again, we talk about trying to ensure that they're, they're actually going to succeed uh, and get to graduation. Well, let's make sure then whenever they're in fifth grade, they're actually coming to school. So let's prioritize that, but prioritize that through a community support system. Let's be working with the neighborhood leaders that we have here that ACC Gov has already been paying. That are one of them is assigned to every single elementary school uh, district, and finding ways that we can work with them again to also help with that community community net to help help families. We have a ton of tools. We just have to be creative and competent, um, and and putting aside any kind of pettiness or egos, and deciding that we're going to put the students first. And to me, if you're gonna put, then to put the students first, you have to put the teachers and staff right there next to them. Everything's in front of us. Um, when I ran for commission, I said the same thing. Like the tools that we need to fix these problems are laying in front of us. It comes down to do we have the initiative and the political will and the correct priorities to be able to begin addressing these problems. And then my last question is why should voters choose you over your opponent? And do you even have an opponent? I was a little confused on that point. I, I believe he dropped out, right? I have spoken uh, with, with Bernard, and my understanding is that Bernard, he, he is still going to be on the ballot, but is not uh, pursuing this race. And we have, we've had a great, we had a good discussion, and I look forward to working with him and talking with him more, for, more too, so that I understand his priorities better too, and that possibly I could be incorporating them into the work that I'm doing and working with him. And so I, I think I would like people to vote for me because um, I'm going to take this job very, very seriously. I see this as an opportunity to take the skills that I have and the experience that I have as a commissioner, but also as a community organizer uh, over many years, 
and from someone who's experienced working within bureaucracies and difficult grinding gears of government uh, to get things done. I understand how to do that. I've, I've worked with legislation creation. I've worked with creating town halls and, and creating spaces so that people can be heard. I have experience doing this and, and I'm excited to take that experience and, and duplicate that as a school board member so I can have town halls to hear the teachers directly. Um, so I can hear directly from the parents and the students about what's going on and be able to take that into my work and into the school board minute meetings and be able to say, hey, this is what I'm hearing. This is what the folks are telling me and not having to rely upon them coming to the podium at the using coming to the, the last possibility they have to try to speak the change. Instead, meeting them where they're at and having a better, more holistic idea of what is needed to be done and, and using all of that as a school board member to hopefully work with all the other school board members and really get focused on creating a, a culture of trust within our school district, which I think is lacking right now uh, amongst all different parties. And again, one that's going to really, really think about this and, and take in all the data we can do, but also, again, all this direct information from people to, to, to create a, uh, a school system that's going to work for everyone. Okay, great. Thanks so much for being on the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the APN members who make this show possible. After this episode, the APN podcast is going on a bit of a hiatus. So look for another episode coming out in July, maybe? Possibly August. I need a break. So have a great summer, you guys. APN out. <laughs>